This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Eagles and the Chiefs headed for Super Bowl 57. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You know, Canty, it's funny. I, I don't know what it is about a game like yesterday for the Eagles when you see them absolutely dismantle uh, San Francisco. And I get it, guys. I understand what happened with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That was not going to be a difference in that game. They were in full control from the beginning. But it was a complete dismantling because you have a superior team. And speaking of superior, Sal Pal, Sal Pal, Sal Pal, Sal Pal, Sal Pal, Antonio, ESPN NFL reporter. How long did it take you to get out of there last night? Oh, man. Midnight? <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was, it was your basic, let's see, 16-hour, 17-hour day yesterday. <laughs> and most of it, I was just hanging around the press box watching the AFC championship game because you couldn't move. <clears throat> the traffic <clears throat> was wall-to-wall, and the people were flowing in the streets. It was really something to see. Sal, when you uh, see that performance yesterday, we'll get to Brock Purdy in a minute, but what jumped out the most to you as the most impressive aspect of what the Eagles did? I'll tell you, Chris, I'm glad you asked the question and the way you asked it. The most impressive aspect of what I saw from the Eagles was the first quarter adjustments that they made. Look at the first quarter. They were struggling to move the defensive front of the Niners. Let me tell you something right now. If I'm starting a football team and I'm starting a defense, Fred Warner's on my team. Mm. I want want number 54 because he dominated it completely. And so the offensive line goes back to Jeff Stoutland, who is pouring over the Microsoft uh, tablets, looking for any advantage or any adjustment to make. And they start talking on the sideline and voila. By the time the middle of the second quarter comes around, they've got it figured out. And uh, they eliminated Fred Warner by using a lot more disguise on their RPOs and zone reads as if Jalen Hurts was going to run. He started to run a little bit. He didn't run a lot. And the Niners countered that. D'Amico Ryans countered that, Chris, with Fred Warner more as a spy on Jalen Hurts, moving him three, four, Five, as much as six yards off the line of scrimmage. And he was when he was in that spot, he had difficulty getting angles to the running backs on the edges. So the most consequential play in that game happened early on on the 49ers' first drive where, for God knows what reason, Shanahan decided to try to single up Hassan Reddick one-on-one with backup tight end Tyler Croft, and it didn't end well, knocked Brock Purdy out of the game, ends up being a sack fumble recovered by Linville Joseph. Just how dominant was that Eagles defensive front, particularly the guys on the down line against that 49ers offense? Well, Chris, you know, I don't know nothing from nothing, really, compared to coaches and players. But I know this. Hassan Reddick has been a human wrecking ball and anybody who watched that Giants game, the divisional championship game, knows what happened to Daniel Jones on the first series. 
and knows that Reddick has been basically unblockable. Unblockable. I don't know why you wouldn't chip, why you wouldn't double team, why you wouldn't devote another back, whatever it took. So it blows my mind that they didn't have a good plan for Reddick. It really does. And we talked about it on the NFL matchup show. Uh, Greg Cosell broke it down on the matchup show on Sunday, how Jonathan Gannon is using more stunts and twists to get Reddick open. So he's a free rusher, Chris. So it boggles my mind. And, you know, listen, the intent of the national, when you're playing pro football in America in 2023 is two things, throw the ball into the end zone, score points. And on the flip side, rush the passer and get him to the ground by any means necessary. That's why edge rushers and quarterbacks are the two highest paid positions in the national football league. You throw it and you get the quarterback who's throwing it. That's it. And the Eagles did their job knocking out both quarterbacks and Reddick did it both, both. He hit both. And by the way, Chris, on the second one where he sacks Johnson, for some reason, I don't know, maybe they didn't set the protection right or whatever, but they had the tight end coming off the weak side of the play all the way across the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. to block Reddick. And Reddick was already in Johnson's kitchen by that time. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When are people going to give up the system quarterback uh, narrative, Sal? Oh, I hope soon. I do. And, you know, you look at the stat sheet. You know, don't look at the stat sheet. Don't look at the stat sheet. Just look at the result. And the result is, as you pointed out in this promo that you had in the show a few minutes ago, they faced the number one rush defense in the NFL. And when you look at them, they're the number one rush defense. They got two great tackles, interior tackles. Chris Kenny, I don't have to tell you that. You know those guys. Mm-hmm. They have a great sideline to sideline linebacker. I think Warner is, he's not Derek Brooks yet, but he's getting close. And the Eagles adjusted and ran the ball down the field willingly. As I once said to you, on a radio broadcast, Chris, with alacrity. <laughs> <laughs> that means with joy and cheerfulness. There, there you go. There you go. Sal, I got to ask you this question because we spent a lot of time talking about the development of Jalen Hurts in his second year as a starter, but we really don't talk a lot about the development of the head coach, Nick Sirianni, in his second season. First year takes the team to the playoffs. Second year they're in the Super Bowl. Talk about his development as a head coach and what the organization has done to foster his early success as the Eagles guy. Well, I think it's really two things, and he's he doesn't have any kind of ego. So, one, he understands that Howie Roseman went out and bolstered the roster where they needed it. A.J. Brown, wide receiver, number one wide receiver. Bring in Joseph and Sue after the commanders run the ball on Monday Night Football. Roseman's the executive of the year for a reason, and it's a good reason. And then the other is the CEO of the team is really Jalen Hurts. And Sirianni understands that. When Hurts got hurt, they weren't nearly as effective a football team. Hurts sets the tone in the locker room. He's the field general. And, you know, he does everything. Messaging, with you know, it's a Philly thing. Branding. Uh, there's nothing that that young man has not touched with regard to the entire football nation of this city. Sal, last one for me. Describe what the relationship is between the Philadelphia fan and Andy Reid 
and what <laughs> the next couple of weeks are going to be like. Well, so this is the the storyline that we all wanted, right? Yep. Uh, I, I, I picked Chiefs and Eagles midway through the season. I adjusted my pick because of the injury to Josh Allen's elbow after the Jets game, and I said it would be Chiefs and Eagles, and I, I didn't do that because I thought I was going to, you know, predict the right thing, but the thing that I wanted to happen, because this is a storyline, you know, just made for uh, for the city. And, you know, Andy Reid, 14 years here, couldn't get the job done. So it's a star-crossed relationship. He doesn't have the same kind of relationship that Dick Vermeil or Doug Peterson or even the late great buddy Ryan had. Um, you know, I think there's an extra added sauce, uh, you know, simmering on the stove going into this matchup that people would like to see this team stop the Chiefs and Andy Reid. There's no question. But the bottom line is, Chris, they just want another Super Bowl parade here in this town. you got to remember, it's Philly. Before the Eagles won in 2017, the Giants, the Washington team, Dallas, had 12 Super Bowl titles before the Eagles got their first. So this town is hungry for another championship, uh, and they want to get it this year, and to get it against Andy Reid would be extra added incentive, no question about it. Sal, maybe this is premature, maybe it's not, but under the current collective bargaining (laughs) agreement, players can negotiate a contract extension after they complete their third regular season. So technically, the Philadelphia Eagles could go to Jalen Hurts in between the the two weeks during the Super Bowl, before the Super Bowl, and hammer out a contract extension. Now, I'm not saying that they will do that, but when this is all said and done, what kind of contract is Jalen Hurts looking at now that he's taking the team to the Super Bowl in his second season? You get a Rolls Royce, you know, probably one of them top-down Rolls Royces, cream color. <laughs> you drive Jalen Hurts to the foot of the museum, the art museum in Philadelphia, and you unveil a statue first. That's the first thing you do <laughs> in negotiation. Right next to the Rocky statue, you unveil the Jalen Hurts statue. Well, his be bigger than Nick Foles' statue is at the NovaCare Complex. Much, much bigger. (laughs) Much, much. That's rarefied air next to Rocky on the steps of the Art Museum in Philadelphia. So that's the first thing you do. And then you just get out the checkbook uh, and say, okay, let's get this thing done. Where, Where do we start? Because, uh, and I, you know, I don't think that they'll do it before the Super Bowl, but you know, I don't think anybody's talking about it. I, I, in fact, I know no one is talking about it in organizations. Not being thought of. All's being thought of is, hey, they got one more game to play. And as Nick Sirianni said to the team in the locker room last night, if we're going to go out there, we might as well win. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter. I'm sure we're going to be talking to you a couple more times in the next two weeks, Sal. Thanks. Oh, cream-colored. Top down, Rolls Royce. Green colored. I like it, Sal. I like I like your style, brother. I like your style, Sal. I can see Sal rolling right down Broad Street. Oh, no, no. Sal, are you kidding? Sal is the one that's driving. Jalen's sitting in the back seat. Sal is driving. I love it. Kathy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. A little bit of breaking news, and this is in relation to the game we were just talking about. Maybe the 49ers quarterback dynamic has just shifted. According to Adam Schefter, Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL that will sideline him for six months. He is seeking a second medical opinion about whether he needs surgery. The 49ers are recommending it, but no decisions have been made yet. 
Now, prior to this game, I was very much of the opinion that San Francisco had their guy yeah. with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Now I can't say that. I don't. First of all, you're closer to a doctor than I am. I mean, I worked in a drugstore, so I almost am. But I know you played the game. Yeah, and I've had over 20 surgeries. I guess that qualifies you a little bit more just, than me. Just a little so, bit. torn UCL, what do you hear when you hear that? Tommy John surgery. But you know that, Carlin, yeah. because you're a huge baseball fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the, the ligament that a lot of big league pitchers tear, and they have to have the surgery that keeps them out, you know, 18 months, and then they come back and they're, you know, throwing the ball harder than they ever have. So – there is going to be a recovery for Brock Purdy. It's not like he can't get back from this injury, but the timing of this is what hurts him in terms of going into 2023 as the unquestioned QB1 of the San Francisco 49ers. Carlin, if this guy's got to have surgery, then there's no doubt in my mind that San Francisco is going after another quarterback. You don't know what you have in Trey Lance. All of a sudden, you don't know what the future holds for Brock Purdy. You've got a team that's ready to win now. Your supporting cast allowed Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the NFL draft in 2022, to make a start in the NFC Championship game after rattling off seven straight wins. This team, with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, uh, Eric Armstead, Nikki Bosa, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, Hafunga, Javarius Ward, they're ready to win now, Carlin. They are ready to win now. They are a quarterback away. They thought that quarterback once upon a time was going to be Trey Lance. We don't know if he's going to develop fast enough for them to be a Super Bowl contender next year. They got to go after a quarterback. To me, this puts them in the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers conversation. They want to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. They've showed you that they don't think much of him by drafting Trey Lance. They're going after a quarterback on a short-term proposition to see if he can push them over the top. I can't get over the fact that we're at this point that the 49ers still have no idea what they're going to do at the position. It's a, it's, they, a, it's a bad break, Carlin. It, it is bad, what it is. It, it's, it's a, a bad break. It's, would, how much of, without this, how much of it would have changed? Would it have just been Brock Purdy against Trey Lance? Would it have been Brock Purdy's job? For me, it absolutely should have been Brock Purdy's job, and Trey Lance has to fight his way back at it. I know what they gave up to get him, but Purdy's played more than Trey Lance and when we talked about what they know, I asked you this question last week. What would they know based in practice about Trey Lance? About anyway, they don't know anything yet. They know something about Brock Purdy. Well, they got more data points. Brock Purdy has played in more meaningful games, but now Brock Purdy is going to have to overcome a significant injury. Yeah. Now, we'll see what happens. He's going for a second opinion, but the 49ers are believed to be recommending surgery for the UCL but, but injury. But Lance was the guy at the beginning of the year. Yeah, Lance was, and then he had the foot injury, Carlin. Is this the guy that hadn't played a lot of football in the last three or four years, period? He hasn't. Exactly, because he had a COVID-shortened season at North Dakota State. So, again, they can't take a chance with the unknown with their two young quarterbacks, which means they got to go out and get a veteran. Is that Aaron Rodgers? Is that Tom Brady? We'll end up seeing. I don't think it's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's gone. There's going to be somebody that throws a lot of money at him on a long-term deal. I'm not sure that they look at Derek Carr in that that vein of those other guys that can get them a championship. I think this is a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers conversation and both of them have ties to the Bay Area, so this is going to be fascinating to see how it works out. Now, here's what's interesting about the Rodgers thing. We had heard from from Adam that it was probably more unlikely that they would trade him inside the NFC. 
But it's not their choice, Carlin. Well, but that's the that's it's what, that's not the, the Packers' choice. If they want to move on from Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and they don't want to have that sixty million dollars on their salary cap or whatever it ends up being, then they have no choice. They're going to have to trade Aaron Rodgers to where he wants to go. If he's not amenable to the destination in the AFC that they're trying to work to deal with, then guess what? He ain't going, and he doesn't have to go. Because the contract, that contract and that roster bonus is guaranteed. They don't have an option on whether or not they're going to pay it unless they move him, unless they trade him. And Aaron well, Rodgers is holding all the cards. But let's be clear, okay? I know what they did in order to trade for Trey Lance. Yeah. 49ers have to turn into the Rams and go blank them picks. That, that's where they have to go. But isn't that what you do? That, that isn't is, that no. what you do in this situation yeah, with this team? What you that's do. what Look, you do. Chris, if that's on the table, I'm doing that. If Brady's on the table with this news, I'm probably doing that. So which I, one what, Which one would you do first? That's, that's the point. Do you prioritize the Rodgers of it all, or do you go with Tom Brady? That costs you nothing but prob- money. Probably Brady. Probably Brady. Just because it doesn't cost me the picks. But we look, we have seen the fall off from both of them. We've seen them both. Yes. You know, the age has finally caught up to the two of them. Yes. Especially with Brady. Yeah. But I do think when you have everything around him that you would have, it's still there. Again, it's about the force multiplier thing and how that's gone from both of their games. But they can both still win if they have enough around them. And in this situation, if their offensive line is healthy, which I think is underrated, if their skill position guys are healthy, then, yeah, they have enough. Well, here's the other thing I will say. The force multiplier on the field may be gone for Brady, but the force multiplier in terms of his intangible and leadership qualities in the locker room and throughout the organization. Well, I'd rather have that too than Rodgers. Those don't go away. No. Think about how he transformed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers culture when he got down there. Think about what it was in year one with Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston and And, what it became in 2020. Wouldn't Brady just eat up Kyle Shanahan and same thing back right at him? I mean, those two working together would be something. But that's what, Carlin, I think it comes down to those two quarterbacks being the options for San Francisco this offseason. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Meanwhile, as we're talking about all of that, the Cowboys also made some changes and probably got worse. But we want to know, if you're the 49ers, is it Brady? Is it Rodgers? Is it Trey Lance? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The Dr. Pepper call-in line is open right now. We will hear from you in just moments, and we'll also explain why some things are just never going to change when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. It's all next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. A lot of people chiming in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, wanting to get in on Brady on San Francisco on the news that Brock Purdy has torn the UCL in his elbow, and he is out six months. Mm. He's getting a second opinion, but Adam Schefter says likely headed uh, for surgery with that torn UCL. So let up, no decisions have been made yet. Let's hear from you on what the 49ers are going to end up doing now at quarterback for the future. 888-SAY-ESPN. We start with Stacy in Chicago on ESPN Radio. Hey, Stacy. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Love this your show. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Okay, here. I do not like either one of the two quarterbacks mentioned, but I do honor greatness and what they've accomplished. Tom Brady in San Francisco, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, learns from him for a season, maybe two. Then they battle it out in season three for the number one position. Well, Tom Brady's not going to be battling it out with anybody. Let's be clear. No, no. That. I mean, after after he rides off into the sunset. That party. Oh, yeah. 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 Tom, Tom Brady is a one-year proposition. Yeah. Listen, yeah that's all yeah. it is at that's this what I'm point. If yeah. I'm, I appreciate the call. If, if I'm the 49ers at that point, though, if I'm bringing in Brady next year, yeah. I'm trading Trey Lance. Why? Because. You don't I, have to. I understand what you're saying, but I've got another guy in a rookie quarterback, who, or rookie contract, who's a year behind it. And even cheaper. Yeah, but I don't know what Brock Purdy's going to be in a full-season sample size. I don't even know if the kid's going to be able to stay healthy I have a much better for a idea full about, season. I have a much better idea about what he's going to be versus Trey Lance. But here's, all but, of those problems you just talked about, exact same thing. Yeah, but my whole point is, Carlin, you don't have to get rid of either one of them because they cost you next to nothing. Why trade them? Why, why trade them? It doesn't make sense. Just keep Tom Brady as your starting quarterback in 2023 with those two guys learning behind him, and then let it be a true quarterback battle in 2024. The winner is the starter, and the loser is the backup, and you go from there. See, I don't want to ultimately find myself in a position where I have so many quarterbacks I still don't know what to do with myself even after a Brady season. Jason's in New Jersey next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Jay. What's up, fellas? Thanks for taking the call. Yes, sir. Um, I'd like to say that I think they should definitely look into Brady as the uh, as a mentor to Purdy and get rid of uh, Lance, try to uh, get some value out of him. I think he's a potential injury threat. Um, and if the Brady thing falls through, um, why not take a look at a guy like uh, Jacoby Brissett or no. Cooper Man, Rush, Jacoby you know? Brissett ain't going to put you where you want to go. <laughs> Man, if that's the case, then you just stay with Purdy or Trey Lance. But here's the deal. Why are we in such a hurry to get rid of Trey Lance? They invested three, count them, three first-round draft picks into getting this kid. Why are you trying to get rid of him? He cost well, you right, nothing. I mean, and I said I You've got him under contract I, for two more I years. I said I would trade one of them. But why do you have to trade either one? Because I could get something for either one. What are you going to get? What are you going to get for Trey Lance? What are you going to get? Could I get a first-round pick back? No. 
I don't no, know that that's out Nobody's of the giving you a first-round pick for Trey Lance. Listen, there were other teams. The 49ers obviously thought nope. highly enough about him that they traded up to the number three spot to Car- take him Car- there. Carlin, nobody's giving you a first-round pick for Trey Lance now. Not with the injury. Nobody's giving you that. He comes back. He looks good in the preseason. He does some good things. Then all of a sudden, you can talk about it. My point is simply this. I don't want to have three guys around and then two guys are fighting it out the year after that, and I'm still not sure what to do. I don't want to be in a position beyond next year where I have two guys that I'm not sure which one is which, that I have to uh, not give the full chance to, and I'm going to have them looking over their shoulder every time they have a bad game or even a bad moment. Well, I don't understand why you're in such a hurry to get rid of Trey Lance when he had a lower body injury, a foot injury, if I'm not mistaken, versus Brock Purdy, who had a UCL injury to his throwing arm. But that's my point, though. So why are we in a rush to get rid of either one of them? It's, I don't understand it's that not part a rush. of it. When I know that they're both healthy, that's when I'm probably that's when I'm going to look to do it. But with, I just don't think it makes a ton of sense to hang on to all these guys. Chris in North Carolina next on ESPN Radio. Chris, gentlemen, I would get Aaron Rodgers. Why? I would get Aaron Rodgers because if you get rid of a couple of the first round draft picks that you have, you get them, you get the money, you'll have them longer than one season. You're putting well, all yeah. your eggs in the basket <laughs> with Tom Brady. Just to see if he's going to get you there. Uh, next, listen, next year. are you going to rely on Aaron Rodgers to play more than one season, or are you going to rely on Aaron Rodgers to give you a whole lot of drama around that decision? Well, guess what? That's the dice you got to roll with Aaron Rodgers. Pray to God that he gives you more than one season. Looking at all the the shiny new toys he has there that can that can produce touchdowns, and he really doesn't have to mentor anybody. He can go in, be him. Well, he's he not got McCaffrey to... there. He he has this Debo Samuel's there. He has a defense. He has a left tackle that's all pro. He can go in. I give him two, three years there. San Francisco might be in the Super Bowl. No, I listen. I, I, I will say this. I, I think it's a one to two year proposition at best. But if Aaron Rodgers does go to San Francisco, Carlin, then it's all on him. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Let me be clear about this. It's all on Aaron Rodgers. If he doesn't have success with the San Francisco 49ers, then it would be because of him. Then all of the things that we have been talking about in Green Bay, organizational failures, not being able to get him to more than one Super Bowl, all of a sudden that goes out of the window. Chris, it, it becomes an Aaron Rodgers problem, not a Green Bay Prackers or San Francisco 49ers organization issue. Well, it does become a 49ers issue if you make that trade and it doesn't happen. You're right. Rodgers get a lot of the blame, but at the same time, Rodgers gets, would have, all, of, Rodgers oh, gets but, all of the blame. You would have seen what has happened with Green Bay and given up picks and tried to fit him into your salary cap where you're going to have to do some serious maneuvering. In other words, the Rodgers move could set you back further for the future than the Brady move could. Yeah, I get what you're saying. With Rodgers, you're damn well better win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think with either move, you got to get close to winning the Super Bowl, Carlin, because you're not going to be able to keep these players together that long. This core of players that they have right now, how long is Christian McCaffrey going to be in his prime? How much longer is Trent Williams going to be in his prime? Listen, I like you got to start asking no, yourself those hard moves, questions about I, those guys. Any of these moves, I better win right now. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And listen, all you have to do is look at what Kyle Shanahan looked like. He was there's a picture of him from yesterday sitting on the floor in the locker room devastated, knowing how close they were again. 
and being in this position. But here's the thing, Carlin. You're seeing GMs across the league throw caution to the wind when it comes to these draft picks. Yeah. I mean, think about Howie Roseman, A.J. Brown. Like, they went out and took a huge swing in bringing him in. They, they did that. They got him. Like, that matters. Like, you're, you're seeing teams more often go after those players that they think can make a difference. I, I see Aaron Rodgers as potentially being that difference-making piece. Not to say that Tom Brady can't, but I could understand if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch go in either direction because both of those guys in that situation seems like a championship-caliber squad. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, the Cowboys found a scapegoat. It's the wrong guy. That's next. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Absolute joke by the Cowboys. (laughs) What an absolute joke. How do they find their way into the headlines, Carlin, when they're not even playing? Their season been over with for a week. Why are we talking about the Dallas Cowboys? Why? Because they're the A-Rod of football teams. That's why. (laughs) Because they can't help themselves. And to be clear, when we say A-Rod, we mean Aaron Rodgers and not Alex Rodriguez. Well, no, I actually meant both. Wow. (laughs) Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Alex Rodriguez catch a stray. Remember Alex Rodriguez back in the day opted out in the middle of the World Series for Pete's sake? That did happen. Yeah. I do remember that. There were a lot of people not happy about that. uh, As a Yankees fan, I remember that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, look. The Cowboys fired Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy the other day is coming out, and he's he's just basically uh, filibustering the whole thing, saying we're not going to get into this, we're not going to go back and forth, everybody's going to be evaluated, and just gave you a whole bunch of gobbledygook and nonsense. If you are blaming Kellen Moore for what happened with the Cowboys this season and, and seven assistant coaches, just pack your bags already, honestly. Just, just go, because... You, as Mike McCarthy, are on your last legs. And what we have already seen, with as much love as Dan Quinn has gotten this offseason, is the second that Mike McCarthy gets fired next year, Dan Quinn is going to be the Cowboys head coach, and you are going to be absolutely nowhere because all of it means they didn't bring in a legitimate head coach or personnel guy or both who would have full say over what's going on and not worry about the credit that the owner's getting. Once again, this is only about Jerry Jones and who's going to get the credit. So so let me ask you this question, Carlin. They felt like they needed to have change. So much so that they fired half of the staff, including the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I don't understand why 
you're holding on to the head coach when he has done nothing of consequence. Sure, you got back-to-back double-digit win seasons. You won 12 games in 2021 and 12 games in 2022. You got bounced at home by the San Francisco 49ers in the wild card round two years ago, and you lost to the San Francisco 49ers on the road this time. The playoff win that you did get in Mike McCarthy's three years since he's been the head guy was against a team that had a losing record from the worst division in all of football. Congratulations. That's enough to hang on to the head coach, but you fire seven coaches, including your OC? Carlin, here's the other thing that's absurd about firing Kelly Moore. What's the goal of any offense? To score points. To score points. Okay. So, in the three seasons that Mm -hmm. Kellen Moore has had Dak Prescott play all the games, the offense finished six in points, first in points, and this year, fourth in points. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. That's pretty good. And by the way, they survived without Dak for a few weeks, too. Yeah. In yards, in the the three years that Dak Prescott has been the starter for the entire season, first in yards— First in yards, and this year, 11th in yards. Yeah. And they got rid of Amari Cooper. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how good Kellen Moore has been. Kellen Moore has been so good, Carlin, that as soon as the Dallas Cowboys fired him, the Los Angeles Chargers, with a better quarterback and better weapons on offense, hired him. Because you know what? They say, hey, that Kellen Moore guy, he wasn't your problem. That wasn't the issue in Dallas in terms of why that team couldn't be successful. We trust him more than we trusted Joe Lombardi, to get the most out of Justin Herbert in the pieces that Tom Telesco, their general manager, put on the offensive side of the ball. The perception of Kellen Moore around the National Football League is that he's a good coordinator, and you just fired him because you felt like somebody had to pay for the season ending in disappointing fashion. If you felt that way, Carlin, then why the hell not move on from the head coach? A couple of things here. Number one, when it was even rumored on Friday when – McCarthy would not give any kind of a commitment to Kellen Moore. How quickly do you think the Chargers were on the phone with his agent? Immediately. The Chargers had the plane waiting for him yesterday. I guarantee you that. They had their graphic built today, ready to go. Welcome, Kellen Moore. That sucker was out by noon Eastern time. Honestly, stop with that. And then secondly, if you're a prospective offensive coordinator here, well, wait a second. This guy just put up all those numbers. You know what my first question would be? Mm. Why am I here? Why am I interviewing for a job that was obviously done exceptionally well? What are we dealing with? Do I want to go work for Mike McCarthy when he is clearly on the chopping block? No. So you're not going to get the most qualified candidate. So all of a sudden To make the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator job unattractive, I mean, that takes some doing. Oh, there's some skill involved with that. But think about it. That's why Mike McCarthy stepped in front of this thing and said, I'm going to be the one that's going to call plays. Or at least that's the reports out there by the beat writers that cover the team, that Mike McCarthy is going to assume play-calling duties. Now, I get it from the standpoint of wanting to fight for your job security, like you're going to be the one to go down swinging rather than be at the mercy of a coordinator that you may or may not trust, a coordinator that may or may not have – an ulterior motive or another agenda other than winning games. But, Carlin, if you're Jerry Jones and you felt like this much change was necessary in order to get you where you want to be, and you also know that Sean Payton is out there to be had, and it's rumored that the Saints are looking for a first-round pick, just burn the first-round pick and, and hire Sean Payton as your head coach. 
Get rid of Mike McCarthy. There is no comparison when we start talking about the two coaches. Everybody wants to say, oh, their resumes look the same. Their resume. Listen, one coach had no other options with the Dallas Cowboys. Sean Payton has all these other suitors around the NFL. The Eagles and Chiefs in their head coaching matchup next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.